think it sounds pretty good. And what I was going to say, like, you know, I've already thrown in that we can't afford not to record, but I was going to go. Oh, wow. Did you pay for this sound or did it come with the equipment? It comes with the equipment. Welcome to Misunderstood. Hey. I'm your host, Darnell Moore, and his brother, uh, the middle child, Brian Moore. I'm here with you. Oh, no, this man, <laughs> this man got sound effects. He's dangerous. <laughs> I'm here with, I cut you off. Hey, I said Brian Moore, the younger brother, the uh, middle child in the trio. Uh, Sean Moore will be with us uh, for another episode. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially I, now that we 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 upgrading now. We've got new, fresh, new studio equipment. Which, we do. Uh, uh, I guess take us into what happened last week uh, with uh, last week's episode, uh, which I. <laughs> I deleted the episode. Oh man, it was a great episode. It was a pretty good we, episode. We would have we gotten what is the the on air radio award that they give? We would have gotten it. <laughs> we would have gotten it. I I don't know if I go that far, <laughs> but I will. I will well, say I, you, anybody who's never lost, hear it, I'm gonna they'll never hear it. <laughs> but everybody who's lost one of our episodes on any previous recordings now, I think we have to be forgiving. Yeah, because uh, it does I, happen. Because it does happen. But I've also set up a, a pretty good backup from here on out. So. This is now double recorded from here on out. Make one mistake. Next mistake I make will be different. But last episode was about Juneteenth. Yes. And and you hit Juneteenth hard. Oh, man. It's my holiday. Man, I'm still. Still. Look, what I, we're still in June. I am. I celebrate Juneteenth until July 5th. All right. And you got the because liberation. This is, this, is a, this is America's Independence Day. Yes. It is the day that we are all. We're all freed. Well. We started to all be free because uh, I guess uh, well, we're still working on it. Yeah, in 1865, uh, the United States troops made their way to Galveston, Texas, and uh, read the Emancipation Proclamation, stating the state the uh, free the slaves were free. So hmm. that was the start. So the start of our uh, our America's freedom. Yes, and. <clears throat> Because the Emancipation Proclamation is an interesting document in itself because it really only offered emancipations to persons enslaved in southern territories. Mm. So it would still take the ratification of the 13th Amendment to eliminate slavery in the United States as a whole. So the the 13th Amendment, the uh, Emancipation Proclamation was kind of like an executive order of President Lincoln that eliminated uh, the opportunity for slavery in southern states or or slaveholding states that were in rebellion against the United States. And Lincoln went really hard not calling the southern area its own nation. He called them states in rebellion. He would say anything except that they were their own nation. He would not give them that credit. And he he worked really hard to make sure that credit wasn't in any, any of the wording either. Okay. And so this information finally makes it down to Texas, which in spite of having lost uh, the, the Civil War, is just now getting this story in that all the southern states no longer can hold enslaved persons anymore. This is full two years after. Full two years. And see, this this part, I'm bad with time frames. Mm-hmm. I just know it's after. <laughs> uh and so, so they had to get those crops in before word got out. That, which is essentially what was happening, is a lot of the the southerns, southern folks who had fought the the folks from Texas who had fought for the Confederacy were making their way back. The you know the South had been devastated. Much of their property had had either gotten up and left, or 
um, you know, whatever they owned at home hadn't been tended to during the time that they were out at war. So they were trying to get this turnaround real quick before word of this changing in the United States mm-hmm. occurred in Texas. And so they, they were pushing still to get, get things accomplished. And there's always, always been this belief that African-Americans could not handle freedom. What? That it, if you let us go, and it, it's it's the biggest almost trick that's ever been played on anybody, how this group that was enslaved and was valued more so than almost the entire, you know, um, in, in turn, we were valued more than most of the nation's other wealth. The, the wealth in people was valued this high. But we didn't trust that those people could be manage themselves. Yeah, well, these are the same people that thought that uh, us going back to Africa is the worst thing they could do to us. Um, where we'd be, you know, almost back to a primal state swinging from trees. And and that one gets interesting because Lincoln called in a group of African-American men in the North mm-hmm. and brings them in and they're all like, oh, we're going to get to go have this conversation. He basically just kind of tells them that they're the big problem in this country and once this thing is over, we're going to ship you guys all back to Africa. We're going to create a nation. I um, did not know that. Yeah. And they pushed back. They were like, at this point, we're not Africans. Yeah. We have been in this country too long. We are Americans. We have helped build this country and we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a kind of a, a surprising, this whole like go back to Africa. There's no parts of Africa that we can go back to <laughs> because we're from different parts of Africa. Mm-hmm. We're from different tribes within those parts of Africa. And we're very European at this point, too. Most <laughs> of us also have a lot of European ancestry because Americans came here and made slaves out of their own children. Mm-hmm. And so there's this other lineage of American enslavement. And there's, again, it still goes back to this fear that these people that were enslaved were worth all this money. We're now lazy as soon as emancipation comes around. Hmm. It's kind of the biggest trick that came out after, you know, black people don't want to work. We could almost say that it was uh, our slave master side of the family that <laughs> we get our laziness from. Oh, oh, I don't think lazy. I don't think laziness is an American thing at all. I don't. We think weren't lazy until you diluted us. I don't think there are any lazy people in this country at all. I don't I, I don't think there are very many lazy people anywhere. In fact, a lot of the people who live their lives trying to be lazy, sometimes it feels like they put more work into that. Yes. <laughs> than it does to just get the job done. So I don't I don't know that you can live this human experience and actually be lazy. You either work with your muscles, work with your time, or work with your brain. But you've got to do some kind of work. And so I, I that's just a lie that I think comes out of fear mm-hmm. and that we're still combating. And I think even combating on the other end where there is a little bit in the black community, this idea that the white community doesn't want to have to compete with. And that's where some of these other things are laid on top of us. Well, now what do you mean? Uh, kind of the joke you made about the, the, um, the white half of us is what's caused the laziness. Is that there's and this we, and, and when I, we say that because we're not biracial. No, <laughs> man, I had an <laughs> argument with a student once. That up. Uh, um, <laughs> but we, you know, both of our parents did have a, 
ancestry done. And what we did find is that um, a lot of uh, Scottish, uh, mm-hmm. Irish, um, European Jew. Yes. <laughs> how, how bad luck is that? We go from enslavement in Egypt to enslavement in the United oh, States. Gosh, man. Shoot, our people. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got into an argument. One of my students, and this was, oh gosh, it's been about 15 years ago. He was a biracial student, mm-hmm. and he was telling me I was biracial. I'm like, I'm not biracial. I'm just light-skinned. <laughs> and then I was like, this is when dad worked at the high school. So I was like, that's my dad. He's black. And he's like, nah, I know you're biracial. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll say I got that a lot. Um, I remember being in, in junior high, and dad, you know, he's Fair skin, red yeah. hair, and uh, he was in the military at this time. You know, guy asked me, "Who's that man that uh, escorted you out the building?" It's like, what? <laughs> the guy in the uniform? I'm like, my dad, no, the white guy that escorted you out the building. I'm like, man, you, you, you're talking about my dad. He was he was in his uniform. <laughs> oh, and it it's interesting, skin tones and families. Yeah. And I will say, because I'm actually, I think I'm the darkest out of the three of us. Yes. So, uh, it takes a little more convincing to, <laughs> until they see our nose. And it's like, ah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Yeah, you would look like her. There's no doubt. But my wife had the same problem. Because when our first daughter was born, she was very fair skinned. And there were a lot of instances where people would be like, so whose baby are you carrying? And, you know, are you babysitting today? She was like, this is my daughter. I just had her. So the fact that there can be such varying tones inside of a single family mm-hmm. is another, I guess, interesting for a later episode. I have to jot that down. Yeah. Because I think that even goes into like Rachel Dolezal. Because I think there's there's a mistaken... Which I respect her. This, I, is, this is pre... Uh, Fans only, Rachel Dolan's all, but wait a minute. What was what's what? What's fans only? Um fans only, how can I just first of all, the fact you don't know what fans only is. It's a uh it's pretty much where you um private chats. Okay. And I think you know say peep show oh. that you run oh. on your own. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man! What's the uh, count? No, <laughs> that's terrible. All right, but <clears throat> I, I think the problem with Rachel Dolezal is a problem of skin tone and not race. But she was white. She is Caucasian. She is. She is Caucasian. But passing is not a problem in the black community. Heavily, there's always been stories of black people who were able to pass. And sometimes even a, a like a laughter in the black community about, you know, they're treating him like he's something different and they'll treat his brother. You know, they don't even know. Like, it doesn't matter. Race isn't real like they think it is. But I think a big part of the problem with Rachel Dolezal is there were other black women in that NAACP that couldn't get the kind of traction she was getting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with they were darker skinned. They, they were of darker tones. And we tend to treat, even in our own community, you know, outside of our community, if you have a darker skin tone, you get a little bit of a worse treatment. 
Mm. And so I think some of the complaints. Are, are you saying for people outside of our race? I think even I, even inside of our race, the fact that she was promoted inside the NAACP, that she was pushed out to lead some things. And I think there was a lot of thought that she was pushed in that manner because she was a, she was considered to be a light skinned black woman. Mm. And some of the darker skinned black women in the same space who were just as capable and just as willing were not given the opportunity or pushed towards the front. And I think there was a lot of that kind of anger in from the black community. But I really haven't seen a lot of anger towards Rachel Dolezal for passing. Like, I almost none. I don't know any black person that's like, she shouldn't have Do you passed. think she could have uh, had the same impact if she had just come straight out and said that I'm a white person, but I'm an ally? No, I, I don't. I don't think it would have mattered. I think there was there was a desire at that time, especially amongst like Fox wing media to find a reverse race issue. <laughs> and, and right now, her name still comes up when they try and, and fight transgender issues. Hmm. So they'll say, oh, you know, like you can't be transracial either. It's all fake. And so now um, <clears throat> the word racist, mm -hmm. do you think that um, some white people have a hard time understanding the definition of racism? Yes, because uh, I, I use it wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they wouldn't. And I spend time studying it because uh, this whole reverse racism, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm calling BS on it. Um, but I think that. And I will say that I think we we've been quick to call racism rather than uh, trying to create an understanding. Uh, so I think because we've done that in the past, they've tried to turn it around and make it uh, useful to them. This reverse racism. Yes. And, and, and I think that that's where it came from. But a lot of it is. I don't know that we've ever had the the tools to describe what racism is. Mm. Like when, when we talk about racism, we almost always go to extremes. So we'll go, policemen are out here killing black men. And then they'll go, well, you know, policemen only kill. And the statistics aren't as bad. And if you know, I like, I know a lot of black men, but I don't know many that have been killed by police. Yeah. Well, I think also, uh, like with me and you, you can even refer to the past episode mm -hmm. where we're a little bit hesitant to call racist racism, mm -hmm. uh, but we know that something's not right, and we feel like it could. We can't rule that racism out. Right. I think there are instances like that. We, some people are are quicker to say call the racism. Yes. And. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think it, it has affected white people to the point where like, uh, they don't know how to handle it. They, they, they know that word is can be damaging to them. And I think that's I, I, I guess here's where I, I think we need to like step back. How does it damage someone? Like if someone calls you a racist, what does that do? Um, and I, and my mind ultimately goes to any article on Facebook or mm -hmm. YouTube titled racist does this. Right. I think to them, that is what racist is. All right. So 
But if that's the worst thing that happens. Oh, that's not the worst thing. That what's the worst thing that um, can happen from being called racist? Shoot. Have you seen what's happened to those people in the comments? Ooh. And again, <laughs> comments aren't real. The uh, internet's yeah. not real. Oh, man. Yes, it is. Oh. And that's like saying the beehive is not real, which I would never say. What is a beehive? Be, uh, Beyonce's uh, followers. Oh. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I guess like black social media, they've almost found a, a way of, of a black justice. Like, hey, they will call these people out. I've looked in the comments. They will post where this person works. Uh, so doxing. I'm familiar with doxing. Yes. Okay. So if you get doxed mm-hmm. and for, for, let's say you do something crazy, you go in and you, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, what, what's something that, all right, what's, you, you're a teacher and you um, do something racist. What's something racist a teacher could do? Nigga. Okay. I'm sorry. So you come in. <laughs> <laughs> as a man, as a, he used it correctly. You know that kid was using that word a lot in that classroom. So there, there's an episode. There's a, a news. You, yeah, you got to YouTube. You got to go uh, back in YouTube. Teacher explains the N word, and the teacher uh, was called the N word from the student repeatedly. The kid uses it in the class, and finally the teacher kind of gets frustrated enough and goes, "You know, well, grab a seat then, nigga." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> And instead of the teacher going, whoo, you know, I got frustrated. I made a bad decision because of how heated things were going. I don't think I should, should be using that word. Neither should he. The teacher goes, you know what? He used it so much. I learned how to use it now, too. Oh, I even gosh. went to A.H. He had like props and he was describing the difference between <laughs> it with the hard E.R. and the A.H. And he kind of dug in. Uh, honestly, that. He did an excellent job. That man did his research. And he didn't do his research. That kid had no, been using no, it the, in that class uh, no, so the, much. I uh, know. That teacher did his research. I don't the think man it was had, research. I guarantee you he did. He looked <laughs> looking at that guy. He looked like he had been on YouTube. This searching. was pre this was pre YouTube university. Oh, I this thought was still no, this cat was, videos. This was on beginning YouTube. this was beginning YouTube. Um <sighs> I, I don't think there was enough information. This man, I, kid, this man at least rented <laughs> Boys in the Hood, <laughs> Minister Society, and but I, unless you're <laughs> steeped in, in black culture, some of those things don't hit very well. That's what happened with Don Imus. Well, oh, yeah, but I was. Did he use it correctly? He used it correctly. Yes, and he knew the difference. And he knew the difference, and he explained it well. Which I will say, most white people don't. Man, and you know what? I will. I'm gonna go back and defend because not only do not all white people do it properly, but not all black people can. Uh, I have been, um, <laughs> I've been getting deep into black conservative media. Okay. And the Hodge twins. I called them the Tuttle twins at one point. They've got a set of books that they write that uh, they label themselves the Tuttle twins in the set of books. But I've gotten deep into the, the Hodge twins and Candace Owens, and the Hodge twins use the N-word a lot, like a lot. That's and they it. use it hmm. wrong. I mean, like, well, of course they're very, using it very wrong. wrong. Because they're using it for the wrong audience. And I'm, perhaps that their, is a big their part audience of it. is I guess that's a that's is a big Caucasian part of it. conservatives. 
And, I, you know, I will say I, that's the majority of their audience. I was, I'm not going to say that they don't have any black followers. They got one now. I'm there. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm following them all. Just don't get too, in too deep, my brother. It's weird. I've, I've, I've gotten some rules for following black conservatives that I think I've figured out pretty well. And, and the first rule is if they talk about a group, they are probably part of that group, which is scary. Okay, uh, explain. Uh, one of them, one of them's homosexual, Ooh. or has ex- or has experim- experimented uh, with some homosexual activity. Now, what can you say to keep us from getting in trouble? What? Why uh, would that get us into trouble? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh oh, is it is it that an accusation? I, I just is terrible. I, I would I would say so. I would I don't want to slander anybody. That, being uh, homosexual is not a slander. <clears throat> so first it is off, if you I, don't identify as homosexual. Oh, now that's true. I don't think they identify. Not only does he not identify, but I think there's also some type of hate or resentment towards a homosexual community, mm-hmm. even though he has that type of desire. Okay. So now, in your mind, you, you feel in like... In my mind, he's experienced homosexual activity. Okay. So, and, and again, that may not make him homosexual, I guess, because I really don't... Un- I don't know what you got to do to get your card. So... <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever he—I don't think he's done that. He, he hasn't—he hasn't earned the right to be called that, and so I probably shouldn't bestow that right upon him either. But what I can tell you is, at least one of them has gone into that community <laughs> and played around. Oh, um, because there's there's discussion on their show that is very specific in a non-joking way. Hmm. Which which is it's it's weird, but they're they're attacking that they they very much attack the community. Okay, and they also can't be too steep steeped into the community because they also do the same thing that I do in many cases, where I, I group a whole lot of folks together into a community that may not be a community. So LGBTQ plus, you know, I don't know that lesbians and and gay men necessarily are a single community, mm-hmm. but. You know, because I'm on the outside of the whole thing, I, I tend to group them and they also tend to do that. So whatever communities they're talking about, they have either a curiosity towards an investment in, but they're not part of. And I think this is true for all of the things that they talk about. I mean, to the point where if you hear them talking about like those clans, folks, chances are they're attending clan rallies. Like, I, I haven't heard them talk about that kind of thing yet, but. If they're talking about a group, there's some personal experience, it seems to me. Hmm. That's, so that's the first one. Is whatever, whoever they're talking about, there's probably some, some involved. Well, I'm not going to say that I'm going and listen to any of it because it just makes me angry. And I don't want to be in that headspace. That's, it's like watching Fox News. That, that's, I can't do it. That's rule number two. And I think that rule should have been the rule number one. So I'd like to switch those two rules. So rule number one is if they put an insult into a sentence, ignore it. Okay. So if they call somebody a name or they use foul language, anything they say in that sentence is not part of their thinking. Hmm. Kind of like Trump does when he describes a nasty woman. Yes. Okay. Now, the whatever they say leading into or following, sometimes those things are even extremely liberal, I think. In some of their statements, uh, and they tend to be more spot on. Sometimes they'll say them sarcastically, 
but they'll say it in a sarcastic tone that like, I'm like, man, I would say that honestly, hmm. even though you just put sarcasm like, on it. This idiot wants to give out free education. Yes. <laughs> and so if you skip the this idiot part and in the next sentence is they want to give liberals want to give out free education. I'm sitting there going, yeah, we kind of do. I, I want more people educated. And I don't think I think if I want more doctors pay for it. Let's let's get more people to med school. So those two things whole heavy is, is ignore the insults. Uh, they have some experience in the communities that they're talking about. And the third one is they can't use the N word right either. Whenever they're using the N word. It, that's how like racist people sound when they use it too. Hmm. They sound bad using the N word. And so if you, if you keep those three things in mind, uh, I think you can make it through some episodes of, of conservative media. I'm not going to try. Not going to try. <laughs> and I apologize. I keep clearing my throat. Allergies, man. Whew. Even Seasons. with all the rain? Yes. <clears throat> oh, man. I all thought right. that would help out. Well, I just wanted to explain. You all hear me clear my throat on, on, on air. So let me clear my throat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So now, have we finished up Juneteenth? Because we're not, no, not we going to finish that until the end of June. We didn't ask how how uh, how you celebrate. Well, and this I, is pretty cool because I'm I'm excited. Tell them about your wife. Tell them about your wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so each year, my wife during June during the Juneteenth celebration that's held at Booker T, and they've been holding this celebration at Booker T for maybe the last. 12 years mm-hmm. like it's been going on for a while my wife goes down to the park and portrays one of the people that was enslaved on the plantation usually jane which was booker t's mother mm-hmm. and she portrays uh the moment that is expressed in booker t's story up from slavery when the emancipation proclamation was read to the folks on the plantation now that's an excellent job I, um and i would say it, it's almost an uh an improv type of uh, interaction. It is. Because, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's interactive. You're asking her questions and, and she's answering them as if she was Booker T's mother. And, and it, my kids, you know, we enjoy it every <laughs> year. And that, that's a heavy bar to set because most of the information she's got, uh, Timbo Sims is a park ranger there that does the writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betsy Haynes does the setup for it. Um, and those two, what they'll do is they'll pull pieces of information mm-hmm. from Booker T's writings, from ledgers, and they use those things to create enough of a story to be told. Okay. And so they helped na- navigate the uh, the story this year and did, did a lot of the writing for that. So for the most part, anything that, that she portrays information-wise comes from some historical place. Hmm. So it's not not just made up uh, things. Okay. And so she she portrays Jane for most uh Juneteenth. And I, I found out last time that both you and I found out about Juneteenth. Yeah. From Tim Sinclair. Yes. Uh and this was, you know, after attending an HBC, both of us had graduated. Um because you you graduated in two thousand two. Uh, oh yeah, oh two, oh yeah. two for my for my bachelor's. Yeah, yeah, and I was oh four, um, and did not know anything about Juneteenth until mm-hmm. we met 
Tim Sinclair, who was a park ranger mm-hmm. at Burger T. Washington. And I think he started the, uh, I guess, the inaugural. Uh, yeah. Yes. Juneteenth celebration at Booker T. Washington Park here in Franklin County, Virginia. And uh, his sons were there at the park today. He passed away a few years ago. And I got to tell him uh, he got me into the portrayals. I'm not a great actor, um, but we've always had trouble finding people who would play enslaved people. So it's always been difficult finding black actors to come down to Booker T. And so he would often end up in in. period clothing portraying someone enslaved and one day he had a, a slave revolt so we were out there <laughs> doing our thing and the guy came by and told him to work faster and he threw down his plow and said it's hot i'm not working anymore <laughs> and i didn't know if this was in the script or not so i'm in the background i throw mine down too and i'm like man are we supposed to do this <laughs> so i got to be part of a slave revolt uh, at least portrayed <laughs> in one instance. Uh, I think he would have been a... He would have searched for freedom early on. Uh, even then, I, I think he, he was <laughs> he was yeah. a special character. He was amazing. Uh, and in fact, most of the folks that work at that park, I am uh, absolutely adore. Yes, um, yes. Brittany, uh, Brittany did... Lane. Yeah, Brittany did this amazing... Uh, talk on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, the post-Civil War amendments, and she created this uh, session of seminars about it during COVID Mm -hmm. and had people come in and act as the moderators, had people act as the note-takers. So we've got an amazing gem in this park here. And so that's part of our celebration every year is to go out there. Now, your celebration starts... Since we're shouting out people, even even John Mitchell for uh, continuing to put it on uh, and help, I think he, he... He's in charge of of, of uh, the acts that perform, and and has lately been uh, emceeing. Yes, which has been amazing because uh, his emceeing skills were already good, but every year they kind of jump to another level. <laughs> so I I enjoy seeing him navigate between the acts. Think you're catching something? I have to. I hear beeping somewhere. A beacon beeping. Oh, well, right now, I don't know if we're getting it on the, the radio. So I'll, Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't see anything catching on here. You think it's just the headphones? Is your refrigerator open? No, but the fan is on. I did forget to unplug that. Oh, no, you're fine. All right. Back to what we were talking about. Um, So that's my celebration in Juneteenth. Okay. Let's, let's hear yours. Mine, uh, aside from, you know... The shirts, mm-hmm. uh, which I think my, apart. my family's getting tired of. We, we, we've got one for every day in, in June. <laughs> so on my Zooms, I'm on camera with my, my Juneteenth shirt. Now, I heard there was a story of a, of a wardrobe change in a Zoom meeting. Is that true? For who? You. That you, you came in one Juneteenth shirt, but by the end of the Zoom, you was in a different one. Probably because uh, I think that was because you couldn't see all of the wording, so I had to go with something still uh, representative of okay. of, of uh, the Juneteenth. I, so I, I think I switched from actual uh, a, a worded T-shirt to uh, Kente print. Okay. But yes, uh, but same. We celebrate uh, at the park every year. Uh, we we enjoy the the celebration. 
uh, fellowship. And I would say this year was probably one of the biggest that we've attended. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, and, and it, it's only getting bigger, I guess. Uh, uh, <clears throat> for my family, we, we enjoy that. Also, I like to spread the gospel uh, of Juneteenth. Uh, on For my company-wide, uh, we have uh, Yammer social post so i kind of uh, did a post what on, is a yammer um it is uh basically a, a social media for uh, my company where it's broken up into to different groups like you can you can join for there's the all company which is the main group and then the have we have diversity group it's like chat rooms yes no okay. well uh yeah yeah um we there's a work from home group, remote workers. Okay. So uh, I, I kind of took that time to create an all company post about Juneteenth and even included a uh, local celebration for people that actually, uh, my company is based in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. So I posted a, uh, a link to the local Juneteenth celebration for anybody that does live in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. So, yes, uh, spreading the word. Out. Just you know, it, this is this is my Independence Day, so I will celebrate it until July fifth. <laughs> You're gonna go one day past the fourth. Yes. Okay. And I, and I think we're gonna find more and more of this. Is that there are going to be days of independence from different groups that we never knew about, mm-hmm. and. I think that's just one of the great parts of this country is when we discover, we tend to celebrate. Yes. We don't, we don't always do it fast. We don't always do it immediately, but we usually do it. Uh, we, we bring more people in and that's what makes us a stronger country. Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess that that's as much as we can think of about, I guess for creating uh, the Juneteenth uh, episode that, uh, that we lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we discuss? Uh, I think um, it's come to mind. Did we talk about religion? We did. We closed out with with the religious with, with look because I I've been wanting to talk religion, mm-hmm. and so I was hoping that would be an episode we could hit next. And we're probably close to the same timing wise, so we we kind of closed out, and I kind of challenged you to describe what my religion was, and so this should be even better because you've had a little bit of time to think. Yeah, same answer. Um, you you are a uh, a Christian uh, follower of Christ. Um, but you are you're willing to do the research. You follow the Bible and not the person who is preaching, which which I can appreciate because that is the the biggest trouble I have with uh, with joining churches. I don't often see eye to eye with who is preaching the word. So, uh, you know, I do appreciate that about you. I, I know that you've had uh, discussions with your pastor mm-hmm. where you said, mm, you know, I don't I don't see it like this. So I, I can appreciate that. I, you and that phone. Since you pull it, I'm going to talk about it. This man has got a, a Galaxy 4. Man, my S4 is still working. But you know what? It, it messed up on me. 
So you see, it's not in the case. I went to plug it in, I, and uh, it was like moisture in the plug. It won't charge, and it was it was like. Eh, eh, eh. Like so, I, I want this phone to die, and it will not. It, it's it's the Nokia four <laughs> <laughs> of smartphones. I, I tell you what, I've gone to doing. I've turned my data off. Mm. And have I told you about this? Well, I'd like you to explain on air. Okay. And so there's, there's a couple reasons. The first reason is I've heard that a lot of the things that we do are energy consumers, but we don't see any result of them. And so we sometimes don't think about it. So having uh, on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. having your camera open requires the servers to run a little bit harder, a little bit hotter, pulls more juice and requires more work. But at the server site, not at your um, actual computer. Mm-hmm. So when you run your camera, when you don't need it, it's actually causing an energy consumption somewhere else. And the same thing is true with the data. So when you've got your data running all the time in the background, you're pulling electricity, you're pulling energy that you're not even using, not even thinking about, not even needing from somewhere else. And the second reason is, I think I've got a little bit of an addiction to- Okay, that makes more sense. The internet. But I, well, I didn't realize the second one until I turned off my data. Okay. So turning off my data meant that when I leave my Wi-Fi zone, mm-hmm. I can't get on Instagram. I can't get on Facebook. And okay. so I have to be present in moments when I'm not near my Wi-Fi. And so it's starting to get me to detach a little bit because it limits where I can get on the Internet. Okay. Now, uh, I will say I had to turn off my notifications because those were the most distracting to me. You could turn off notifications. Yes. Uh, and I will show you how. Okay. It, it is beneficial because Facebook is, it nags more than my wife does. Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> not the sound effects. Face, man. Oh. Facebook is good because Facebook are, will be like, hey, your friend's birthday's today. Yeah. Hey, be, your friend says something about your other friend's post. Maybe you should check it out. Uh, uh, Facebook is needy. Uh, like they are searching for that attention. And, you know, after watching that, what is the name of that document? The Social Network. Yes. It it, it, it was like glass was social experiment. It, it, it was eye opening. It was very eye opening. Yes. They're building this avatar of us. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so detaching from some of that is is some of what I work on. I feel like I've lost my wife to that in a (laughs) lot of instances. Like I'll come in and she'll have the TV on and the phone in her hand. Double dipping. Double dipping. (laughs) And it's and and some of it might just be worse because she's working on her master's degree. So now (laughs) she'll do anything not to work on her homework. (laughs) So like, have you? There's a, a show called Fubar with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you seen On Netflix? It? I haven't seen it. It is but amazing. Netflix has been telling me I need to watch it. Uh, Netflix might be right. <laughs> I started watching it because Trusted didn't want to do her homework, so she put it on in the background. <laughs> but it's pretty good. Uh, it is like super action. Like, uh, well, it's from the governor. He, it's it's crazy some of the stuff he can deliver. Like when when to be serious and when to be joking. Like they had to pour nuclear waste on the train tracks at one point, <laughs> which is just a completely ridiculous premise. But he sells it. He sells it. 
Huh. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I had to explain the, the acronym FUBAR to my wife, though. Because she, she was like, when are they going to get to FUBAR? And I'm like, what? She's like, the country. They're going to some country FUBAR. I was like, no. FUBAR is effed up beyond all recognition. Now, I don't think I would have known that unless if I hadn't taken ROTC. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know when I got, when I learned FUBAR. I feel like I was outside of any military space when I learned. I knew it was a military term baked in, mm-hmm. but I thought I got it from learning, you know, watching the news and then reporting on some of the worst stuff. Now, where were we going with this? Well, last thing we left off on was religion. Okay. And I, I kind of, we forayed a little bit into my phone call, which dipped us into technology. And you described my religion, and I thought that was pretty good. Okay, now I... Now, how do you feel about me? Uh, I think you um, believe in God. Mm-hmm. I think you pray. I think you follow the direction that God lays out for you. Uh, I think that's how you would describe your religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the other hand. I think everybody has the same religion I have. Like, I think everybody's Christian. Hmm. So, I even if you no, know, somebody clearly isn't a Muslim. Well, here's I, and or do you think that all of them are intertwined? CJ CJ Taylor, we were talking religion one day and kind of through Reverend that, like, Reverend, Reverend CJ, CJ Taylor. Taylor yes. so maybe maybe God's too big to have one description. Okay, uh, and the simple thing is, I don't fully understand my own faith. So if you believe something a little different, it's based on what you understand of your faith. Okay. Uh, and I think in the end, even though I do spend a lot of time in the Bible, I don't know that I know any more than anyone else. Hmm. So I think that's one of the other things. Now, we uh, we led into uh, another religion that you said is being created. Oh, yes. You'll have to explain this one. Let's explain the Church of Trump? Yes. Well, I tell you what, that, I believe, is for the next episode. <laughs> Oh man, you're having fun with this. There's enough. 
Give me a savior that takes me away. Give me a blanket and a space for my head. When time descends like an old stage curtain on the back of my eyelids, I'll be in a place instead. instead.